right. So this is the first recording of Imported Baggage. I am the host. I'm Cedric Joseph, and I will be interviewing um, the sometimes delightful but always educational, the <laughs> the always sometimes funny, the always always funny. delightful, sometimes educational. <laughs> Get straight. <laughs> um. But really, one of the closest people to me in my life, and probably one of the people I would go to in time of trouble and time of need, but also just a really all around good person, uh, Nadia Zareen. Uh, Nadia and I say hi, Nadia. Hi, Nadia. Okay. Um, <laughs> we will be um, hosting um, Imported Baggage. And this podcast is about just that, really. It's about, you know, the things that come to you in your life that you sometimes you have control over, sometimes you have no control over. The things that make you who you are and how you navigate those things in life to be the person that you are and want to be. All at the same time, all wrapped up in this nice little neat package that we call life. Um, so Nadia will be my co-host eventually, but her life is so awesome. We need to have her as our first guest. <laughs> so we're going to start off talking about Nadia's, um, uh, how do I put this? Well, let's just use the title. Let's use, let's use the title of, of her upcoming book, um, that I think everyone should read everyone should have an opportunity to read and, and learn about so Nadia tell us a little bit about your journey and why actually start off let's tell them the title of the forthcoming book that you started that I think everyone should should actually have a chance to read so it's called um me a dog in the Quran now Tell us about what, what, like, that's an amazing title. So that right there is a, is a, is an eye catcher. Me, a dog, and the Quran. Yeah. Yeah, that's something, you know, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what happened was that I always wanted to have a dog. So we grew up in Florida, right? And everybody has a dog in Florida. Yeah. Florida, yeah. yeah. And so... I really wanted one and I wanted one in the house. I live further north now and uh, the dog can't stay outside um, year round. And so I wanted the dog in the house and everybody kept telling me that you can't do that. Um, now, when you say everybody kept telling you you can't do that, who, who family. Oh, okay. family. So my Pakistani Muslim family told me that you cannot have a dog in the house because if the do a dog is a dirty animal and if it touches you, um, you're, you're have, you have to take a shower to like undo it. Cleanse yourself after the yeah, dog is touched. Right, you, so right. that you can take, so that you can pray. Now, I, I think you know, Muslims have to pray five times a day, but the, um, there's a way to clean yourself, to prepare yourself for mm -hmm, prayer that mm -hmm. doesn't require a shower. Okay. So what I was told was that process, vazu is what we call it, is it sufficient to get the dog off? That mm. the dog is that dirty. So you got to do extra to get the dog off as opposed to just the regular scrubbing yeah. rub. When you, okay. 
Correct. So, so I, I'm like, that doesn't, okay. So I had this CD-ROM, CD-ROM for mm. those people who, you know. Way you back in the up. old school. <laughs> <laughs> I have a CD-ROM of sacred texts. Um, oh, and even, has, before, even before you get there. So let's talk about, you grew up in Florida. Yeah. Um, in a Muslim family. Yeah. Um, and you, 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 you wanted a dog. When, yeah. When you, okay. So you've moved further north now. Um, so this whole process, it started when you were a child, right? You yeah. wanted a dog as a child, right? Yeah. So, so currently or, or more recently, this all came ahead again when I believe it was your I, donor. Mm-hmm. Right? So tell us a little bit about that right there as well. So she wanted a dog um, when, okay, how old was she when she asked? So we had one when she was born. Mm-hmm. When I, when my first, when my, my first daughter was born, I was living in a townhouse with my husband and my two stepkids and we had a dog. So um, she was born with a dog. And then when we moved in with my mom, that's when my mom was like, you can't bring the dog here. And we negotiated to bring the dog here um and then shortly after we got here the dog hated it here she ran away which she had never done in five years listen don't make this about my mom okay i saw that face <laughs> I, I never said anything i was just like oh the dog was like no i gotta go Deuces, i'm gonna live on the street <laughs> so okay yeah, the, dog knew what was up. <laughs> the dogs foresaw what was coming okay no exactly <laughs> so i rehomed her i found her a nice family and um she was with them until she passed recently, um, many, many years later. So uh, we rehomed her. And then... Um, I believe your youngest daughter then was... Before she was born. Oh, before it she was, was still. Born. It was still, yeah, it was still the older one. And then she was like, when are we getting a new dog? And then um, because of my work and I was running a daycare and I was like, you know, the kids are coming. I can't have a dog and screaming children for 10 and a half hours. I can't do it. And so then the little one was born and then she got on the dog bandwagon and my mom kept saying, no, I can't. She was pressured. I'm sure she was pressured by her older sibling. A little bit, probably a little, yeah, a little recruitment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Happening there, probably. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then they started working on my mom about it. Um, because that was my take. I was like, listen, if you want some, well, I'm not going to go ask. You guys are adorable. You go, you go ask. So you pulled I'll out the big here. guy. You pulled out the right? big guy. So then, um, so then mom, mom explains to them, they come back and they're like, you know, she says that it's against our religion. Mm. And I'm like, my whole plan goes, pfft. Right. I had this plan and then she brings God into it. And I was like, are we seriously <laughs> teach my kids that God hates Labradors? Like, I don't understand. OK, OK. So I go to my CD-ROM. So we're back to the CD-ROM. And we're back to the CD-ROM. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, listen, I'm running a daycare, bro. I have no time. I can't think. I can't put two thoughts together and put a period at the end of it before I'm interrupted. Right. So I go... And I search like a nerd, 
the word dog. I pull up the Quran and it goes, wee in the thing, and then the dog, and there are like three references, and none of them are bad. There's one where it says, I'll, I'll read them to you, but there's one where it says, you can eat the food a dog brings you, like if you're hunting, you know, like when you, um, the hunting dogs will bring dog, back your yeah. Exactly. So you can eat that, just say God's name over it. Um, that and that there was a there were people who were being persecuted and they were hidden in a cave for 300 years with their dog mm. and so i take these two things to my mom and i was like bam it never says that you can't have dog and so she's like it's in there somewhere you can't just google it you can't just search dog and think you found everything it's in the quran somewhere mm. And I'm like, this heifer. So I go and read. We all all call our moms heifers, so yes. Listen, Mm. I think by the time we're done telling my story, everyone's going to be like, They're going to be like, this heifer. And that's accurate. I feel like that's accurate. So, um, yeah. So I read the Quran. And then it wasn't enough for me to just read it. I had to make comments about what I thought was happening. Um, because you know, you you learn it better when you take notes. Uh, right? Of course. That's I studied any, it like any... school, massive, Absolutely. massive nerd. <laughs> so I studied it like school and I studied it like, um, you know, like when, when you're in literature class and they and they tell you to look for, for the arcs and the themes and, um, the recurring usage mm-hmm. by the author. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I read it that way. I understand the Quran is supposed to be the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm using quotes. I was about to say, you can all see those those quotes there. The air yeah. quotes, right. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that it was um, written down a few generations after the prophet had his revelations. So I don't consider it the word of God. I consider it the memory of people a few generations after the prophet passed. So that's why I don't um, take out, I don't take out like chunks of text and hold it up as. As manna, as as long as. Yeah, because I think, I think it's the message that's repeated you can you can definitely um, rely on the message that's repeated, mm-hmm. but the message that's in there once or twice, yeah. like I just don't think that it's that. Kind of leaves you with something to wonder. Kind of like, are you, are you, is this real? Like, seriously, should we be taking this, you know, at face value? Kind of exactly. Thing? I I think it's a mistake to take something like this at face value, especially. And then and then if you are, then you have to take all of it. Right. So, and that's where all the arguments fall down because after I read the Quran and then I went back to my mom and I was like, I hope you're balancing because you don't have a leg to stand on. I read it. And so then. Oh, wait, hold on. So let's, 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 let's backtrack a little bit. Okay. So, so you wanted a dog as a child and there were some conflicting you know, statements or ideas in your mind as to what the Quran would allow, uh, what the Quran would allow and what people were telling you and what you wanted. Because all your friends had dogs, right? Yeah. Growing up as kids. In the house. In in the house. In their beds. 
and growing up in South Florida, you know, right? Right. It's hot. You go outside, play with your dog, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Okay. And so you, so, so this, this is like a generational story, so to speak, you know, in the respect that you wanted a dog, your first generation, and then your kid, your second generation, you know, yeah. you know, wants a dog and, and, and you're fighting this battle against religion and culture and, and tradition and all of these other things so that you can get a, a, a semblance of what they consider to be the American dream, so to speak. Would you say part of the American dream is, is living in that, that society that allows you to express yourself? You know? Well, that's it. It's, it's just expression and it's just um, constructing your home life the way you want it. Right, right. And, and what's funny is that while I was doing, I mean, reading the Quran took a long time, um, I think a year and a half, almost two years, I was still working in the daycare. I had a staff member who was from Algeria, she's Algerian Muslim, and um, she was quite devout and um, always fasted when Ramadan came and wonderfully sweet lady. I asked her because she was covering her hair and like more. So she, had, she had the hijab. She wore all the. Not, not a full hijab, but she had the scarf over her hair um, and, and kept her hair covered. But when I started talking to her, she told me that when she was in Algeria, she actually didn't cover her hair. She covered her hair when she came to the States because she wanted people to know her religion. She wanted that symbol. Mm. Um, well, she never asked me why I didn't cover my hair. And I was, you know, it was never a thing for her. She was doing her own thing. So I asked her um, what the rule was about dogs in the house. And she's like, we have dogs in the house in Algeria. So I took that to my mother and I was like, okay, Muslim that you know, Muslim that you respect, that we run our business with, that, you know? And mom's like, yeah, no, that's an Algerian thing. So that occurred to me that this is not a Muslim thing. This is a Pakistani thing. Mm. And so I'm fighting not religion. I'm fighting culture. Right. So it comes down. Which is actually harder. Right. So it comes down to it, even though they're using the Quran as the basis of of their argument, it's not really the Quran that 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 is the the issue here it's it's the pakistani values uh, or the right. pakistani take on what the quran says it's the pakistani take on the prophet's life mm -hmm. so then it comes out that okay it's not really the quran it's just that pakistanis believe that the prophet didn't like dogs it's in the sunnah which is so the explain story. to people what the sunnah is the sunnah is the Sunnah is the story of the prophet's life outside of his revelations. Mm -hmm. So um, how to pray, the stand up, sit down, knees mm -hmm. to the, the YMCA thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not in the Quran. It's in the Sunnah. The, those kinds of instructions, like getting the more how to's. So the instructional um, manual on how to use the Quran. Yeah, is, the guide, how, yeah. how to use your Quran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's the Sunnah. And so so then I was told that it was in the Sunnah. I haven't read the Sunnah, and I'm not going to. Um, well, that's so, an interesting take. So let's get back to that a little bit later, too. But, but go ahead, finish. 
So I was told that it was in the Sunnah and I, I, you know, my mom hangs out with Pakistani people. They're here at the house all the time, parties, whatever. And um, they said that, you know, we're supposed to follow the prophet's example. And I was like, really? Because the prophet's first wife was 20 years older than him. She approached him for marriage and she was a divorcee. Where are we in accepting those things? Because if we're not going to accept those things, you can bite my ass about a dog. Like that's really, this is what I'm saying. If you want to follow the example of the prophet, then follow all of it. All of it, right. Or give me a break, which is why I don't want to get involved in reading the sunnah or following the sunnah like law because the Quran refers to the prophet as a simple warner. W-A-R-N-E-R, a warner, a person who warns. And he was to bring good tidings to believers and warnings to non-believers, to disbelievers. Implying, of course, that believers and disbelievers already exist before he was tapped for the job. So what's interesting about that is, is, and we can get in on this a little bit later too, what are believers? Like, are, are there only, are they only, Believers are only the believers in in the Quran, or oh, are there, I, I, we, I, I, we'll I understand that. We, that's another <laughs> that's another story for another time, you know. Yeah. But but the point is, you know, believers go beyond what people would initially think a believer is, you know, kind of. Yeah. So so let's get a little bit closer to the story again. So you're so you're so, so I'm at parties. And I'm throwing Pakistani hypocrisy in their face. And my mom is just like, just get a fucking dog. (laughs) Just stop. Just stop. (laughs) So um, that's pretty much how you win that argument, which is just fighting with people (laughs) at parties and dinners and just being generally, you know, (laughs) a pain in the ass. Yes. Yeah. But I Uh mean, that's. I, I never understood that. I loved that about the prophet's story that Khadija, he worked for he worked for her. She was a small business owner. Mm. And she saw him and she was like, he's fine. Mm. And then had somebody go talk to him and was like, you want to get married? She was 20 years older than him. Mm-hmm. Why is that lost? Mm. And so... Because it doesn't fit the narrative that a lot of people want to portray. So, I mean... You know, we know, especially, I mean, even in, in, in you know, Protestant religions and, and Catholic Catholicism, you know, what are considered Christian religions and things of that nature, you know, you pull what you want because it fits your narrative. Right. You know, you, you oh, right. this works for me. Let me use this as opposed to the whole picture because right. only this part fits what I want, you know, and I, yeah. I don't need all of this, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, that's, 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 I believe it's that way. In Judaism and Christianity, yeah, and of course, in the of course, but that's what you. This is a problem with, I think, with Pakistanis who come to the states. They come here and they push us. I think nobody has a problem believing that brown children, South Asian children, are pushed to do well in school, right? And so you have to get straight A's and you have to go to college and then you have to get a postgraduate degree. And if you're female, you have to marry somebody with a postgraduate degree and, you know, all and have postgraduate degree it's children. children. And of everybody, course. yes, exactly. Everybody has a comma on something after their name, must. Yes. So, okay, 
if I'm going to go do well in school, they're going to tell me to think. And then I can't turn it off. I can't be three digit IQ outside the front door, come home and just remove my, you know, my brain and just be like, okay, I'll just do whatever you want. It doesn't work. I can't do that. So I'm going to take my critical thinking skills. I'm going to take how to analyze literature and I'm going to apply it to you and your crap. Right. And so people don't like that. Well, you know, (laughs) that is, that is a, that is actually another conversation for another time, because I think, I think, I'm gonna I'm call. I'm gonna call a little. I'm gonna push back on that a little bit because I think people do like that, depending on the type of people, you know. Um, you know, um, there are. I mean, you and I have been friends for God knows how long, you know, at this point, and it's because of that, you know, it's because of the character, it's because of the the the, the way you carry yourself, and, and you know, the whole, you know. You got a big head in music kind of situation. <laughs> I told you I'd bring it up. I'm sorry. Um, but, but, you know, it's. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, some, we'll, that's another conversation for another time, you know, as far as. Yeah. We'll have an episode. We'll have a whole episode. We'll have a whole episode. We'll call it. It's got its own I, I, yes, I think that's a great title for your head. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk but, about this later. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, we're going on almost 30 years of knowing each other. So, yeah. you know, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for, you know, how that started to so on and so forth. But back to your kid wanting this dog. So, yeah. so your kids now want a dog. They, yeah. you, now, you now have the evidence in hand. Your mother's throwing you at every chance she could yes. until you start accosting her at her dinner parties. And then yes. she's like, you know what? <laughs> Get your fucking dog. Yes. You know, kind of thing. All right. So what goes on next? What happens next? Oh, then, you know, I blew up the home life um, <laughs> and did that whole, you know, divorce thing. Oh, yeah so i I, you threw a grenade into your own life okay yeah yeah because i closed the business and so there wasn't a daycare anymore and so i didn't have kids and i didn't have to like deal with having a dog and the business and then um yeah i was like where's that tnt (laughs) everything up wiley coyote exactly yes yeah and then we got a dog Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, we got we got a puppy. We rescued her during this whole COVID thing, um, which was what its own mission. Dog? What type of dog? So she was a she was a mix, but I think she was mostly a uh, Warmerainer. Oh, okay. She's beautiful. Um, what color? Me. Huh? What color? She was uh, gray with like hazel eyes. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, she was really pretty. Um, and we rescued her. We had to go through that whole, like I, I applied for a few different dogs and then we finally got a hit because everybody, you know, the adoption centers were running out of animals. Everybody was adopting pets during this time, you know. Um, and, uh, so we finally got her and about a week after we got her, maybe 10 days, she started tilting her head not in that cute selfie kind of way. Mm. Um, And so I started taking her to doctors and they told me she has an ear infection and it might be like further in and it's messing with her balance, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so it turned out that she had a pretty rare brain infection that by the time it got to her ears. So what they were telling me was that she might have an ear infection and it would make its way to her brain. What actually happened was she had a brain infection that made its way out to her ear. Mm. So by the time she was showing symptoms, it was too late. It was it, it was pretty far gone. And then they started treating the symptoms, which was giving antibiotics for the ears. Um, by the time I got a neurological consult, um, it was already affecting her spine. She was losing control of her body. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a month into having her, I had to put her down. And so it just, we all just, it broke all of our hearts. And um, we've taken some time to recover from that and grieve and heal and kind of give her the space to just honor her a little bit because she like having a dog did all of these things. Like I, I read the Quran, I studied it. I examined my faith to have a pet and, and yeah, fought a lot at dinner parties and, and it brought you closer to your kids. You created a relationship with your kids and your kids with that animal and, and all of, you know what I'm saying? Well, they saw me. Yeah. They saw me care for her. They were very proud of me. Um, I was very proud of me. Isn't there a story where your kids, um, you took them to the grocery store or something and they brought, um, Oh, that was, that was different. When I had the, I was at the vet hospital mm. with Hera, her name was Hera. And, um, because of COVID I couldn't be in with her. So they had her in and I was in the car having a decent cry and freak out. Um, and it was late at night and they gave me painkillers for her. They gave her doggy coating. Um, and I decided to come home with her because I couldn't afford hospitalizing her while I waited for the consult. It was over the weekend. The consult was scheduled for Monday and I couldn't afford it Saturday night. And so uh, they gave me painkillers to give her, they gave her painkillers and uh, I brought her home. So I came home at like midnight. 1230. And there was a note from my older daughter, who's now, you know, 13. And she had done the dishes. She had run the laundry. She cleaned up. Uh, she told the little one when she wakes up to wake her up instead of waking me up so that I could sleep a little bit. Um, and that was just a beautiful note. I came home and I found it. And then she crept down the stairs and she's like, did you see the note? I washed all the blankets because Hera had, had, gone to the bathroom on her blankets because she was losing control of, of her body. And so, yeah, she took everything and washed it and just had my back. And it was so, amazing. I mean, that's a, that, that right there, that story right there is a, is a really good um, indication of emotional intelligence of, of a large, huge amount of emotional intelligence from a 13 yeah. year old, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, that's unheard of in today's world, you know, kind of thing. And, and my point is there's a, it's, it's stories like that, you know, that come out of um, the tragedy of what happened to your pet, you know, Hera, that's, that's, that's the sad part. But the, the good part is, you know, the, the level of emotional intelligence that your 13 year old shows, the, the, the relationship that they, they bonded with this animal, the, the, the things that you showed, you know, them as a mother, 
you know, going through this whole ordeal. You know, there's a lot of greatness and a lot of goodness that came out of um, that unfortunate event. You know, the getting getting to know your your religion a little bit better and, and understanding it a little bit better. You know, and how and how some of the things that that are taken for granted, you know, within that community are just really that that community. It's not a part of the over of the overarching religion. Right. Know? So. So I mean, there there's a lot of good that came out of a, a, a you know a girl, the Quran and a dog. You know, there's a lot of good that came out of that, and that's one of the reasons I think doing this podcast is or doing this series of podcasts is important because there's stories about life that people, you know, the 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 baggage that came with that. You yeah. Know? All of the stuff that came with wanting a dog and having a dog and, and <laughs> the endless struggle of dealing with your culture and so on and so forth, but the good as well, you know, the actual good that 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 brought in, and and that's that's a good segue into understanding or for people to understand why this show is called what it is, because you know that 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 interesting that one little interesting nugget that is your life. What else do you want to say to people today? Because I think we've, we've, we've covered that, you know. Um, what do you want people to take away from this episode? Well, first of all, there isn't a problem with having a dog. <laughs> as far as the Quran is concerned, there isn't a problem. I think people could take a little getting over themselves. Um, the thing is, one of the things that's in the Quran that I think is important is that you're responsible for yourself. And I think reading that gave me a lot of strength because you can, you can't, when, when you, when you die and you go and you're judged, if you believe that that's the way it happens, you can't just stand there and say, well, this was what I was told. You have to do your own research. You have to make your own decision. And personal responsibility is very strong in the Quran. And I liked that because that fits my Americanism and my, you know, lift yourself from your bootstraps kind of mentality, it works. And so I was very happy to see that in there because I know a lot of Pakistanis who are like, oh, well, if God wants it, it'll happen. And inshallah, if God yeah, there's a lot of permission asking. And, and I'm like, no, I don't need permission to be happy and to do what I want to do. And so that I think it's on all of us to take the time to understand, to, to, to stop and turn around and look at the baggage we were handed as children from whatever culture, first generation Americans, immigrant children have a lot, um, not just Pakistani, anybody has a lot that comes with them from wherever their parents are from and you do have a responsibility to kind of go through it and say, okay, this is really me. This isn't. And it takes time and it takes courage and it takes being willing to lose your place in your family or your community to, to be honest and to live authentically. And I think to some degree we all do it, but I think we could do it intentionally and on well, purpose. With purpose. Yeah. yeah. Well, with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is gonna conclude our first episode. Um, everybody, we'll put the notes in the in the section below on 
where you can find the information on if you're going through a sort of similar situation with trying to get a dog. Um, we'll put the notes below um, where she found her information in the Quran. And um, thank you guys for listening. And um, we hope this helps. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Music for this podcast brought to you by bensound.com. Thank you for listening today. Hey, be a part of the podcast, our movement. Follow us on Instagram at High Octane Media ENT or on Facebook at High Octane Media and Entertainment. You can also find us on YouTube at, yep, you guessed it, High Octane Media and Entertainment. If you want to leave a comment or have a show idea, use one of the socials. Or if you really can't get enough of us and you want to join us for one of our live shows, find us at highoctane.business forward slash media dash events. Thank you for bringing us into your lives and sharing in ours. Take care and come back again soon.